0: Hey everybody, I'm Andy, this is the Elite Beat, an all new episode for you this week. I've got Jenny here. Hello. And of course it's Megan.
1: Hello, again. You'll never know what that means.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's, you know, let's talk about all elite wrestling. Uh, before we do that, we we do something on this show, it's called the Elite Beat Pop of the Week.
2: I am popping a le-
0: We're not starting a third time.
2: (laughs) Hey LaCroix lemon sparkling water. Nice.
0: I'm popping a diet Pepsi.
1: Oh. Oh. Just
0: popped all over our couch.
1: It popped everywhere. Not the new couch. The lazy couch. couch.
0: That's okay.
1: That's all right. Is it a lazy boy couch? I know you have a lazy boy chair. That's right.
0: All right, Megan, save the day as usual.
1: Uh, I'm uh, I'm popping a bottle of Sister Snake 2020 Syrah. It's from Western Cape, South Africa. So fun times. Here we go. Oh, wink pop.
0: Is this um? Is this a wink?
1: It is a wink, and I think Ooh. I've had like a Sister Snake, like the. The winery, I think I've had their Cabernet, I want to say. So, I'm excited. Awesome. All right. Did you drink through all your bourbon? No. I have three bottles open now (laughs) that I'm Uh, working through slowly. (laughs) Choices. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. That is the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. And uh, on to stuff. to stuff. Um, I think the biggest thing to talk about is the apparent—I guess not even apparent—like seems like a definite policy reversal at Warner Brothers Discovery in terms of uh, how they're treating this Jay Briscoe thing. As last week, all that was able to be aired was a a still photo at the beginning of the show and uh, and a few mentions throughout, and this week we got a full length video package, uh, tons of mentions throughout the night, um, and a, you know, a tribute match, uh, featuring Jay's brother, Mark in the main event. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, so like, I think there is a theory out there that it was kind of leaked that it was Warner brother discovery's fault that these things happened leading to immense fan backlash. And then a reversal, uh, on their position so I don't know I guess sometimes Public pressure does work
2: We helped part be part of that public Pressure sure We talked about it on our
1: podcast last Week
0: yes we were manipulated by <clears> the <throat> week Yeah
1: yes <laughs> also do you Think somebody just was like Hey we have a show on where Dana White lets men slap each other <laughs> Like oh god, and yeah. said Some some questionable things around That and so uh, maybe we shouldn't um, Shit on honoring Somebody who isn't Total garbage.
0: Yeah, I uh, I don't I I, I don't know. I, I imagine it was just the it was just the public backlash, but
2: uh... well, on BTE, Nick brought it up. What? The like the the Warner Brother thing. I oh, mean, they... without saying Warner Brothers, he said like when we first started AEW, the Briscoes were one of the first acts we tried to mm. get done, and we just couldn't get it done. You know, so alluding to
0: <clears throat> right. Although to be fair, that that would have been a completely different leadership at that point. Sure. Because that was before that was yeah. before the discovery merger.
1: That's true. Also, Ring of Honor was kind of like weren't the Briscoes like diehard Ring of Honor people? Like we we started here and we're never leaving here. Wasn't I feel like I heard that somewhere that that was their mentality.
0: Well, I mean, they were going to go to WWE in 2013, and then Jay tweeted what he tweeted. Um. Yeah. So, um, but, or was it 2015? Either way, whenever that happened, they were like, I think at that point they had, like, a good offer on the table that they were actually going to take.
1: Okay. Well, either way, I'm glad that they, whatever happened, uh, the people Mm -hmm. who, the bad people in the corporate charge, uh, had to step it back
0: For sure, for sure Me too um, Anyway, uh, yeah So, Mark This morning Was talking on somebody, some video I think it was Caprice Coleman I think they were just maybe at the airport or something And uh, they are just shooting a little video And uh, Mark was saying That he plans on uh, Carrying on For his brother so I think there have been some questioning in the past, you know, few days and it's totally, it's ridiculous to even, you know, ask these questions at this point, but Agreed. but people were asking them because people, you know, because fans are curious and fans want to know these kinds of things. Um, but it sounds like at least Mark's plans at this moment are to just to keep, keep keep going with wrestling, which uh, I hope he does because he's obviously, you know, we saw from the main event last night, he's certainly a, incredibly capable wrestler so
1: yeah i think ian rickaboni even said like he's only 38 so he has many many years ahead like i get if he so chooses but he sound, he made it sound very hopeful like he he still has a lot of time to to keep moving forward and you know carry yeah. their legacy
0: and if you think about it like while while he and his brother wrestled a very physical style they never had they never wrestled the kind of like intense schedule that really breaks you down the way, like, you know, WWE lifers did.
2: Yeah, yeah, they weren't wrestling like six days a week,
0: right? They were like wrestling most weekends, and you know, and that's and, and in the last couple of years, not even that, you know, because of like all the COVID stuff, and and they were they were working a lot less then, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I guess well, well, let's save it because we'll talk more about Mark when we get to the dynamite portion of the show, but um, I thought that that was interesting um, for Baker update. Uh, she was supposed to be obviously in that match last night on dynamite triple threat match with Ruby Soho and Tony storm. And uh, uh, Dave Meltzer said that she had an injury. Uh, he said the way it was described to me, and I don't know what the injury was is that she is not hurt badly and she possibly could have wrestled, but it would have been a bad idea for her to wrestle. So basically just like, why risk sure. worsening an injury, even if it's not, why make a not so bad injury? Why, why risk making it worse, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, not expected to be out of action for any significant length of time. So,
1: okay. I was questioning the realness of it when she showed up, I was like, Oh, is this just a weird fake play? But <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, I guess the other thing I want to talk about is I did watch the Jay Briscoe tribute show today that uh ring of honor put up on their youtube channel and uh on honor club but uh i watched it on youtube and it was it was interesting it was very well done it was um it was the same video package from dynamite and then a bunch of like talking heads uh wrestlers talking about their reminiscences of jay and that was very nice um and then it was a series of matches they taped last week, um, in the arena, after Dynamite, as, to be part of the special. And then it was like three archival Ring of Honor matches. So, so it all added up to like three hours. Wow! Which
2: yeah. are <clears throat> which archival matches did they pick?
0: It was it was Jay Briscoe versus Adam Cole uh, in the main event of one of the final battle pay-per-views and that was preceded by a a long Adam Cole talking head about his relationship with Jay. Mm. Um, It was uh, Jay Briscoe versus Christopher Daniels, which likewise was preceded by a Christopher Daniels talking head. And then it was uh, the Briscoe brothers versus the Kings of wrestling, Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Hero in Claudio's final ring of honor match at that time. Um, before he headed to WWE, um, which was then followed by a Claudio uh, talking head, so it was it was very well put together.
2: They didn't use the Bucks.
0: Bucks were not on it. Really? Yeah, like, I was surprised too. I'm
2: really surprised because I mean Nick spoke so highly of Jay during BTE, and
0: maybe they were just maybe they were too busy that day, like getting things together, or maybe or maybe they were they just couldn't.
2: Emotionally, do good. it on
0: camera. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But at least see. Um, I I don't have like a rundown in front of me, and I didn't take notes. But I it, it was uh, Samojo was there. Um, uh, shoot, uh, Matt Hart. What?
1: I w- I'm just trying to think of R O H people. Jay Lethal.
0: Not Jay Lethal. It was um Samojo. Uh, it was I literally just said a name and I Matt can't Matt Hardy. Remember. Matt Hardy, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and a few others, uh, like Christopher Daniels, uh, like I said, Claudio, um, uh, yeah, Adam Cole. uh, Did Matt
1: Hardy do a lot with the Briscoes? Because that is not someone I would have assumed they work with.
0: Yeah, yeah, when, I think mostly when they did, like, when the Hardys... (laughs) Got, got back together when they were like leaving TNA, they went to ring of honor for a while and worked. And I think most famously worked oh. a program with the young bucks, which part of some of which was captured on early BTE. But I think, I think they also did like big matches with the Briscoes during that period.
1: Okay. I get, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I just couldn't remember or picture in my mind when they would have ever crossed paths. Cause you know, Matt Hardy so much of the time was in WWE. Or the other big companies. Impact, I guess.
0: Yeah, and the Briscoes were like I think they had like like one or two like it had a very small amount of TNA matches like way back at the beginning of the promotion. Um and just never really happened. you know, they never really got they didn't get signed there. Um mm-hmm. then they went there last year actually. Um Or it was either last year or late 21. Like, it might have been right before Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. um, When Ring of Honor wasn't running any shows. Right. And they went there and, like, I think they, like, briefly won the tag team titles. Then, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. um, But, yeah, the special was very nice. I recommend it. Um, uh, Smojo. Like, Smojo, like. You know, very openly weeping in the first segment really got to me. Like that was that was that was was a hell of a way to start things
1: off. That would break me a little bit. (laughs) I can't watch the king cry.
0: Yeah, Uh, but Tony Khan uh, said that he didn't get into specifics, but he said that he uh, fought hard to make that Mark Briscoe Jay Lethal match happen.
1: Good, Good for him.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you know, we don't really talk ratings on this show anymore, but I will say that i I have a feeling that it was good for the ratings because they um they topped a million viewers for the first time since October. So
1: suck it Warner Brothers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, well, you know, you gotta have a strong lead in for Dana White slaps the shit out of people or whatever.
1: Ugh. Ugh. What a weird concept for a show.
0: I'll say. All right. Let us talk rampage. Well, we
2: have one other thing. Oh. We should
0: okay. unrelated
2: to AEW, but related oh, to wrestling. Sure, yeah, go ahead. We did watch the raw thirty year um. Thing. thing show on monday <laughs> and i just wanted to uh kind of take back some of my positive comments from the last time we watched a wwe <laughs> event which i think was when john cena showed up on smackdown yeah and there was an excellent women's match on that um fuck wwe <laughs> what happened uh last night or not last night but on monday night was they had a. Uh, Promoted a cage match. Between Becky Lynch and Bailey, And. They brought the cage down. They got the people into the ring. And then Becky Lynch got her immediately. And they stopped the match. And the match was cut. Because. (sighs) Sheamus. Or Shamoose. uh, Is a. like oh, an God. hour of the like three hour segment
1: in the in the first thing. Sami
0: Zayn?
1: Sami Zayn. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you didn't you didn't get the right person and then their nickname. Oh oh It's again. another
0: it's another pale redhead.
1: <laughs> it's true. I'm sorry. Shame <laughs> Sorry.
0: But it was so Sami Zayn is like the before of uh Seamus taking the super soldier serum.
1: I yeah, I was gonna say, did Seamus
2: <laughs> eat Sami Zayn tickets? Oh I'm sorry guys, I got the wrong name. But yeah, essentially they cut the women's match. So was it wait, was the injury oh. fake then? Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So okay. Are you gonna revise the story of what actually happened?
1: And Sammy of my Zane that was on the show. <laughs> okay, yes,
0: there was a very there was a very lengthy uh, angle to start RAW, and I don't need to tell people this. People, like that was like the most watched RAW in two years. I'm sure people know what happened. But the point is, it was a very lengthy segment with the Bloodline, which is Roman Reigns' is stable, and it was the trial of Sammy Zayn, and oh, it Lord. went. It went a long time. But I will admit, I was very compelled by the whole thing. I thought it was excellently done. I thought it was really good. But it went long. And it caused them to have to kind of make some changes on the fly. And they cut Becky versus Bailey.
1: They cut a cage match.
0: They cut a cage match that they had promoted in advance, yes. Which I thought was very strange.
1: There weren't any men in it. Is what I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't think a men's cage match would have gotten cut. I think it would have gotten shortened. But that's but wild. Right. To b- bring the cage down and be like, just do an entry angle. We gotta get you out of here.
0: Well, the reasoning that has been floated for this. Megan is already rolling her eyes. <clears throat> she doesn't want to hear it.
1: We know what no, the I, I wanna, is. I, I want to hear it. I, I want to hear it. I just want... I want to hear what they say it is. I want to hear their story.
0: Well, there's, I mean, WWE story is that Bloodline went long, so we had to, like, make up the time here.
1: Okay. Okay. But, like, what's what's the Wrestle Twitter? What do, what does Uncle Dave say about this?
0: Well, the Wrestle Twitter, and I don't think Uncle Dave said anything about this, but, the, the, like, basically, the, the consensus seems to be that better to... Better to do a non-finish and do the match, like, next week or something than to do, like, a three-minute cage match.
2: Well, no. Why does the cage match need to get cut? They're, like—
0: Because. uh, And this was—actually, let let me—
2: I mean, The Undertaker had, like, a seven-minute intro on a stupid motorcycle that he couldn't control. Like, that couldn't
1: have gotten cut. Jenny, that's a quick Undertaker entrance. But I I don't know if you can cut it any further.
2: It's just like there were other sec. There were other matches that you couldn't have cut from them. Like I get that. Yeah, you don't want to like shorten it to so it's like nothing at all. But I mean, the Bucks show you that like you can sh- shorten their matches and they can still give you a good product. Like I'm confident in Bailey and uh, Becky. And like if they had cut it by like just shave like a few minutes off of each of the matches,
1: I'm sure they could have gotten it done in a nice way. maybe distribute the cutting um, to other things. Uh, It's a cage match. (laughs)
2: This (laughs) is like, it probably took longer to get that cage down. You know, like, yeah, just, this is such a, tell me Vince McMahon is running WWE again without
1: telling me Vince McMahon is running WWE (laughs) again. It took one Undertaker entrance to get that cage down and another one to take it back up. Exactly.
0: Okay, so, anyway. (laughs) So, what Lance Storm said, as a former producer at WWE, is that, like, these things are so, like, every segment is so meticulously timed because of where you have to hit ad breaks and what you want your crossover set, meaning your, like... Eight, you know, your nine o'clock hour, 10 o'clock hour, 11 o'clock hour, what you want those segments to be because you want, you want those to be like big rating segments because theoretically you're getting new viewers as people tune in from shows they have been watching that are turning off. So you-
3: Right, so the half hour points?
0: Yes. So it's a lot easier to cut something off as early as possible so you're not like reshuffling later and later in the show. And so- Basically.
2: Well, they were not the next thing. Well. The Undertaker thing was next. The
0: other, so the other possibility is that it was, in fact, the Undertaker, LA Night Bray Wyatt segment that went so goddamn long.
2: It was so stupid, too.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, Undertaker, on the best of times, takes forever to get to the ring. And this time, he was riding a motorcycle at about seven miles per hour. And he
2: couldn't control the fucking thing. And then he couldn't get it turned on. So they like cut away like after after the segment ended. Then we needed to watch him leave from the motorcycle, but he couldn't get the goddamn thing turned back on. So then we had to watch whomever was in the ring. I don't remember. I'll probably I'll probably just say the wrong wrestler name if I try to. Shamu's Kenny um, Omega. <laughs> I was just so annoyed. Like it just felt like such like. Do you remember when we first started watching Total Bellas in the first episode of Total Be- Bellas? It's <laughs> like. The, the WrestleMania women's match, match getting
1: cut from Wrestlemania. It was just like, fuck you. Like, well, Jenny, it, it's <clears throat> funny you bring that up. Because I thought when you started this. That you were going to spill some tea on whatever was going on with the Bellas. Because you sent me that that clip of them um, just going off after getting cut from what I assume is this show. So, like, yep. I is there even more drama? Yeah. So, apparently, WWE flew in. Nikki
2: and Brie Bella. And then, <clears throat> I don't know, Andy, did you hear more about what exactly happened? Did they get cut for time, or did they just not like what they were going to have them do?
0: Uh, so, Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling wrote, uh, The Bellas were advertised for Raw 30. The 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw emanated from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, the pair did not appear on the program, but took to Instagram Live and weighed on on the show. Um, here's a little transcript. Nikki says, Another good memory on Raw. How did they showcase anything from the women's evolution? Bree says. also the they way. They did of- a
2: big, just to give background, they did like at the beginning, they did like a big five minute, like just. 30 pro- years of Raw. 30
1: years of Raw. It yeah. was really oh. good, actually. Yeah. I figured there would be some level of retrospective to something like that. Th- this uh, type Brisa, of show.
0: Bree said. also the way we did our matches on there. Nikki cut her off and said, because Sasha Banks is in it. And they're like, we can't. Mercedes is too over and we can't say her name. Then Bree says, there's a couple other girls in Soraya. There's a bunch of us they don't want to show. That's fine. Nikki says, that's fine. When you do what they don't want to do, what they don't want you to do. Bree says, it's not what you don't do, it's what you do. do." <laughs> so uh
2: It was some like wine ranting from yeah. the Bellas, which is Oh, just they had big lovely.
1: glasses in their hands. Oh yeah. So I think Bree so, had just gotten out of the shower too. So, so there them. was
0: there was a runner on the show, which is unfortunately pretty often. What they do with like when they have a show where they're advertised as like, all the legends are here. That's usually a lot of like backstage vignettes of like clusters of like old people like and you know, like <laughs> saying their catchphrase, and then you move on. This one, I think, the framing device was a poker game. Um, so I kind of imagine that they were probably just like, you know, they showed up at the building. They were told you're going to be like, you know, in the background in this poker game. And they were like, um, we're the fucking Bella twins. Yeah. No, we're not.
1: Could you at uh, least let us uh, be on a fake date with Daniel Bryan and <laughs> Derek Bateman so that it's DB squared and you know we can relive that moment? Cause that would be worth it. But- I mean, Nikki's got
2: an E special all for her a four-part wedding special that's premiering,
1: <laughs> I think, last night or today. Yeah, the thing is, I think that WWE's like you don't need us anymore. And that makes us sad and mad and feel inadequate because the Bellas don't need WWE anymore. They, they are like living their best lives. Obviously Sasha Banks doesn't need WWE anymore. Soraya doesn't need WWE anymore. Gots to be bitter. Meanwhile, Tony uh, Khan's over here, just being like, I'll show and say whatever I have the licensing to bring it. It's
0: true. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much more there is to say about the Bella Twins, but I will say I'm happy to talk about the Bella Twins at any time. Um, I don't think they'll ever come to AEW, uh. I, and I don't think that's necessary. <clears throat> I think, honestly, they are too good for wrestling. and
2: <laughs> I do agree, th-
1: do you <laughs> but I'd they've... like to see them on my TV. I wish they would start their total Bella show again. Yeah. But do, don't you think, Jenny, that they've kind of moved past the wrestling phase of their career? Like, at this point, they're yes. making money doing other things things that aren't you know hurting their bodies i
2: i agree i think they they're well beyond that i'm fully supportive of that i would just like to see them on my tv weekly
0: i think they've kind of gotten to the point where they're like they're famous for being famous you know that like kind of like lovely period of celebrity where you've like you've got a lot of like uh what do you call it goodwill built up and then yeah. you can just kind of coast on that
1: he loves them apparently like it seems yeah. like E's really all in on whatever they feel like doing
0: yeah i mean you know. well anyway yeah
1: i'd like the reality show just them like working at the vineyards creating their wines you know yeah. i think that it there is some marketability to being like Look, we're making wines. Do you want a reality show about making wines from um, people who are famous enough to get a mainstream audience? Because there are way more qualified people to show us how to make wines on a reality television. But like, uh, I want to watch the Bellas do it. You know? Agreed.
0: (laughs) I feel like that's an untapped area for reality television. Yeah. You know.
2: I've never
1: seen a reality winemaking show.
0: I'm sure there's been something, but...
1: Probably in, like, France. (laughs) Or or somewhere more wine-centric. I don't know that the general American audience would give a shit about how to make wine. I think there's a very niche audience that would. And that's why you have to bring in someone like the Bellas, because you have to get the pop cultural element to get viewers. Yeah, put that shit on Peacock. Put everything on Peacock. It's Jenny's favorite.
0: Okay, apparently, on ABC Family, in 2013, (laughs) there was a uh, reality series called The Vineyard, which, based on this uh, description, sounds like it was uh, Vanderpump Rules at a Winery. What?
1: (laughs) Oh my god.
0: And it only lasted one season, and... None of these yeah. people in the cast ever did anything again.
1: Uh, how did? How was there not at least one alcohol poisoning death if you have Vanderpump Rules at a winery? <laughs> Good lord.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Let us talk about AEW Rampage for whatever day it was, January 20th, 2023.
1: Twenty fifth, Rampage no. rampage was twentieth because tomorrow's the twenty oh, seventh. <sighs> which harkens back to our need to maybe do a Saturday show, even though it's a lot. But go ahead, Andy. I we, have
0: we discussed we discussed starting it in February, right? So was, was that your thought, Jenny?
1: Uh huh. <laughs> She's like, I'm not, I'm not fully committed to that idea, but I like the idea of it. I do too. I'd be up for it.
0: All right, we begin, and and thank. I actually did just watch this show last night, so it's pretty fresh in my mind.
1: I watched it earlier today, but then I watched Dynamite, so I might complete some things. But it's fairly <laughs> fresh.
0: Okay, well, this was the one that didn't really have any stars on it, so that'll that'll help to to separate them in your mind.
1: <laughs> Poor
0: Rampage. Poor Rampage. Yeah, it was back to its old. Back, it's old rampage and ways uh, with no real marquee matches. But uh, we start with Jungle Boy and Ethan Page, and uh, of course Jungle Boy gets the win. Megan texted me something about this match that I did not understand um, about how Matt Hardy cost uh, Ethan Page his his boss uh, the match.
1: Um, sorry, it was fresh in my mind because I was watching it as I did it. I just um, I really popped for the way Stokely Hathaway. Got on the mic and screamed, Matt Hardy, this is your fault, or this is your fault, Matt Hardy. Something like, just like so enraged. Um, But yeah, Matt Hardy, he had his ponytail grabbed by Ethan Page, and it was similar to like when they grabbed the ropes to cheat, except he grabbed a man's hair and then got mad when that person was like, ouch, get off my hair. Um,
0: Stoke said, uh, Stoke said pissitude again on the microphone. Yep. (laughs) Uh, This uh, actually like set up. Uh, Like, Hook came out to kind of even the odds afterwards, and this sets up a big tag match for Dynamite that we already know the result of. Um, But anyway, match was fine. Uh, Ortiz turned heel... Or sorry, uh, Eddie Kingston turns heel on Rampage.
1: Some people saw it.
0: And then... You know, spoiler alert, they did not address it on Dynamite. So does anyone really know that it happened?
1: They could just walk it back and nobody would know.
0: Eddie Kingston was on that Jay Briscoe special too.
1: Oh, I would have expected that. That makes sense. Yeah. So wait,
2: Ortiz turned heel? No, Eddie, Eddie King, Okay, I was going to say, because Ortiz I was mis- in a face position.
0: I misspoke. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Ortiz was trying to talk to Eddie and Eddie... Beat him up with a chair.
1: He's so mean. Come on, Eddie.
0: Brian Cage takes on Willie Mack. Had you ever seen Willie Mack before, Megan?
1: I was racking my brain because I feel like this name is familiar to me, but I could not remember where I would have seen this man.
0: I think, well, he was definitely a Lucha Underground guy, but I think he was more like a season two Lucha Underground guy. And I don't know if you made it to season two.
1: Um, it's hard to tell because when I was streaming, I feel like I don't, you know, I just let them go, and so I yeah. don't know if I noticed a season break.
0: Did you ever get to Rey Mysterio? No. Then no, because he, he he debuted in this. I think I believe he debuted in the premiere episode of season two. So.
1: Okay then. Yeah. Then I guess I did not see him on there.
0: It was on. It was on Netflix for a while, right? That's where you were watching it.
1: Yeah, and then they took it away they did yeah and i'm a little bitter because i was actually pretty pretty thoroughly enjoying it
0: um i tried to watch it on um i think it's still up there it's on like tubi or whatever but mm-hmm. there's so many commercials
1: and yeah, it's and like
0: and it's like the same three commercials over and over again
1: that's what happens when you get so used to paying for streaming services without commercials they really like shove them in there with the the quote unquote free ones it's like
0: yeah Ugh. Um, this is pretty fun though like Willie Mack's a big guy and he was able to kind of like you know do some stuff that most opponents aren't able to do to Brian Cage like took him down with a couple of clotheslines and whatnot and uh, of course Cage you know got the big win here uh, setting up for his match with Brian Danielson on Dynamite mm-hmm. Jade Cargill and Layla Gray versus Jada and Jordan Vanity
1: they didn't look happy to be there.
0: Well, they knew it was about to happen to them.
1: I guess that's fair. They did. They didn't hide it well. They didn't hide it the way other uh, local talent, which is what I assume they are, because I've so, not yeah. seen them on yeah any other program. But they 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 didn't look like they thought they were going to win.
0: Yep. So Jade gets the win, forty nine and zero. <sighs> Remember Come on, we, Jade, let's let's move on to something else. Remember I will, say, I will say there was a moment where Layla Gray tagged Jade Cargill into the match, and the crowd went fucking wild because if nothing else, Jade Cargill is a star. Yes. So she deserves better than this, like really dry, undefeated streak. Wait, was that
1: her fiftieth
2: win?
0: Forty-nine. No. I just said forty-nine and zero. I
2: thought we, I thought we saw her win
1: forty-nine last week.
0: We did not. No.
1: Forty-eight. But also, does it... Uh, I know it's technically a win, but it's a tag match, you know? I think yeah. we're really, really dragging out the the stats. But I also kind of understand that they've painted themselves into a corner because she has faced pretty much everyone on the main roster, hasn't she? Like,
0: Um, she hasn't wrestled... Has she wrestled Britt?
1: Mm-mm. Has she- oh, because Britt was the champion at the time.
0: Yeah, has she wrestled Ruby? Has she wrestled Hater? Has she she's wrestled... wrestled Ruby. Okay.
1: I don't know about, I don't think Hater maybe either.
0: Yeah, and Soraya's but there now, Ruby. so she's there's still stars for her to wrestle.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, like, they kind of have to Tony Storm. parcel them out because also whatever they're doing. You know, it doesn't necessarily make sense to shoehorn Jaden on it. But, like, they they have a limited number of people who could conceivably beat her. So I guess I understand that they also are struggling to be like, we got to raise those stats, but we can't actually give you real opponents right now.
0: Yeah. And then our main event, Daniel Garcia versus Action Andretti. And I believe the stipulation for this match was if Daniel Garcia won, it would be... Garcia, he would
1: take Sammy's place.
0: What what, is, what does quiz Jericho call his team with Daniel Garcia? I don't know. Jared. Jazz. No. <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's, that's his the whole, that's this whole
1: faction. Oh.
0: Dan, Danico.
1: Could be Danico. Gar- anyway, like something Garcia. <laughs>
0: Garcia Co. Anyway, if if Daniel won he was going to get the team with Jericho on dynamite. And if he lost, then it was less gods getting the, getting the shot. And wouldn't you know it? Les sex gods get the shot. because action and ready sloppy motherfucker that he is, uh, got the win with uh, a running shooting star press. I mean, it was decent, but th- there are moments where it was very clear and I'll, I'll, you know, We'll talk. I will definitely talk more about this and his performance on Dynamite, but he is, uh, he's maybe not ready for this level of
1: spotlight. He reminded me a lot of like Dante Martin when he, you know, when his brother got injured and then he sort of was like on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, you clearly are very talented, but, um, sometimes you miss your spot <laughs> like like you hit yeah. the wrong place
2: <laughs> um. but Dante like leveled out like it took him like a
1: couple months and then he like got used to it yeah I'm by no means trying to insult Dante I just remember when he first was like kind of pushed out there by himself without you know his brother it was very clear that like oh you're not quite as far along as I thought when I saw you wrestling as a tag team so you know I'm sure Actually, Andretti seems like he has a good base-level talent. He just maybe needs to, like, hone it a little better. He'll probably be fine. But, yeah, I I was wondering, because you texted me that you thought he was getting a push too soon. And then I watched the match and was like, oh, okay. I was expecting a total disaster. But it was just, it was sloppiness. Um, but, yeah. I liked that Sammy. Um, was on commentary and highlighted that he gave Garcia some new pants. They're leather. They look super uncomfortable. But as his mentor, he gets to control his wardrobe, I guess.
0: Yep. (laughs) Um, let's see. Megan, I have breaking news for you. Hmm. Uh, do you still, do you still subscribe to Game Pass?
1: I do, in fact.
0: Uh, you can now download, uh, (gasps) Goldeneye007 for, uh. Xbox Game Pass. What? Yes. yes.
1: I'm yes. so bad at it. Yes. Gotta get the silencer on that gun. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal, isn't it? It's,
0: it's almost like, a crime if there's like online multiplayer, right? It should it should force you to like put cardboard a divi- cardboard divider on your TV screen.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Back in the day. Yeah. Ugh. I got murdered a lot in that game. I'm not good at it, but would love to play it.
0: I'm going to I'm going to play. I never played multiplayer too much on that. I, I really like the I really like the campaign though.
1: My brother and I played Oh yeah.
2: multiplayer on it.
0: Yeah. It's fun. Yeah.
1: I played multiplayer with my cousin who played enough that I would literally first of all stumble through the levels not knowing, you know, where I was going and then I would pick up body armor and he'd hear the sound and he'd go, "I know where you are." <laughs> like he was that good at it and I'm just like God damn it, because then he would just hunt me down and murder me. So, I spent a lot of time getting um, killed in GoldenEye.
0: That didn't sound fun.
1: I, I tried. You know, I was like like Jim on the office playing Call of Duty. It's just like jumping around in a corner waiting for somebody to shoot me. It's Got good it. stuff.
0: Well, I am going to download... Uh, I wonder how big a download it
1: is. Oh, it can't be big at all, right? I mean, like, the graphics are... I don't think our... Podcasting can do it.
0: I'm not going to download it. I just want okay. to look at the file size.
1: It's got to be little, Compa- like relatively speaking, and because they haven't, I'm going to assume they have not um, beefed it up with any. Oh, I don't see it. Oh, is this breaking news a lie? This is false news? wario sixty
0: four a... said it?
1: Okay.
0: He's never he's does never that, scared me wrong. Does that
1: mean something to us? I don't know. He's a Twitter guy, isn't he? Yeah. He's a breaking news Twitter guy.
0: Oh, there it is. Excellent. This it is 310 megabytes.
1: Oh no, do I have the space on my Xbox hard drive? I worry.
0: I I think you probably do.
1: You'll probably have to delete something.
0: I think you got a you got the I think you've got the same size hard drive as I do actually.
1: Oh yeah, I've not even begun to fill it with I don't I just play a bunch of indie games that are bigger than Goldeneye um, size wise, but still it's I'm not downloading like a a huge ass like, you know, commercial success here.
0: All right. It's already downloaded. Very exciting. Okay, I can't wait to play.
1: Oh, wow. Our podcast, the bandwidth. You killed it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jay. we got really good upload speed now.
2: Yeah. And tell that to my team's calls this last week.
0: Well,
1: you're not you're not uploading the calls, Jenny. Andy said I was. I'm uploading my video to the calls.
0: That's true. She is.
1: But you're also downloading. Yeah. So one of them's not working well. You got crazy good internet. I think you're fine.
0: Jenny disagrees. Don't
1: think it's crazy. You just downloaded Goldeneye in five seconds.
0: (laughs) Yep. So, uh, yeah, I guess make sure you search for Goldeneye in the store instead of going into the recently added Game Pass section.
1: Oh, OK. I will it's there.
0: On. Anyway, well, that's that was, that was Rampage. And, I guess, uh, and
1: that was your plug. I'm, no, ju- I'm joking. No,
2: fuck
0: off. No. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. He hasn't even had a chance to play it, Jenny. <laughs> How can he recommend it? He has no idea what it's like. What a rude thing to say to your <laughs> wife. I'm
0: sorry. All right, Megan. Let's talk Dynamite.
1: Mm. Okay. They're um, oddly close to us this week. They're in Lexington, Kentucky at the Rupp Arena. That is the last place <laughs> I've been to, like, outside of Ohio.
0: Like Lexington? before oh, yeah. the
1: trip there yeah for the vid yeah
0: shout out to shout out to uh, lexington native lucas twyman
1: hi lucas we all waved as if you could see us sorry oh <laughs> like, at least you realized it because i waved and i didn't say anything <laughs> there was just silence We're just sitting here waving <laughs> um yeah so they're in lexington um lexington is charming good for them uh we open the show with the uh, sex gods uh, taking on Action Andretti and Ricky Starks. Um, perhaps as an explanation of why Action Andretti is the way he is, we do learn that he debuted in wrestling in general a mere three years ago, so he's new-ish, I, I guess. But,
0: but still older than Dana Garcia.
1: Yes, yes, that's true. Um, Sammy gets to make the pin on uh, young Action Andretti, but it is after Daniel Garcia, his mentee, uh, hits Andretti in the face with Jericho's bat. So there's cheating, but Les sex gods get the win on this one. It is the first time Jericho can technically claim he beat Action Andretti, which is kind of a wild stat.
0: Or Ricky Starks.
1: Or Ricky Starks, yeah.
0: So there were a couple of... Actually, Andretti spots in this match that were very, very Will ospreay ish uh, including the countering the Hurricane Rana off the top rope by landing on his feet and just kind of standing there, and with Sammy kind of like looking behind him. It was it was like it was like they were doing like a, a total rip off of that spot from the Abushi Osprey match, which is like a very famous GIF, and. All I could think was it's it, and all I could think was it's like that meme where, you know, the kid says, mom, can we have Will Ospreay? And mom says, no, we have Will Ospreay at home. And then Will Osprey at home is Action Andretti.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like that. <laughs>
1: Jenny's like, I Jenny don't know not that an meme. He countered this
0: meme apparently.
1: <laughs> so, um, what did you think of? So, you said that his performance on Dynamite also was not as um, impressive as you'd hope.
0: Well, he didn't. I don't remember him messing anything up on Dynamite, but that's when I realized, like, oh, he's just like trying to be Will Osprey.
1: It's a lofty goal. For sure. Yeah, I'll but I, that's a goal you're not going to hit. I mean, I can see why you'd look up to Will Ospreay, because he's fucking cool. Um, but three years in, I think you got a little ways to go.
0: Um, Joe Gagné tweeted earlier today, um, I want it to be known in a chat last night, at Ghost of Quinones, which is one of his friends named Robert, called Action Andretti Goodwill Osprey. And that's too good not to share with the world.
2: That is pretty good. <laughs> what does goodwill Osprey like, mean?
0: Like thrift store, like goodwill. Oh, goodwill.
2: Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I was I was thinking accounting.
1: <laughs> that's fair. I mean, the kid has time. He got signed already, so I think he's in a pretty good spot. But you know.
0: he's got time. The crowd hasn't like the crowd has not turned on him yet.
1: No, that's the thing is I think he's just talented enough that like his sloppiness is forgivable because when he gets it right he's doing bananas high spots. It's not like he sucks andy sloppy. It's like well he's doing something cool. He might be a foot or two off. I think he's missing all
2: of that charisma that Will Osprey has though. I That's and that's not something you can teach.
0: Here's my prediction.
2: Can't teach that.
0: <laughs> we're what? We're like five or six weeks out from revolution.
1: Is that in March?
0: It's like first weekend of March. Yeah. Okay. First Sunday of March is as Jenny is loath to, to accept.
2: Yeah. It's bullshit. You lie to us, Tony Khan all the time.
1: <laughs> Tony Khan, man. Um, Tony Khan, man. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. I prefer Tony Claw. So that's five or that's probably five or six weeks that's out at this point. Yes.
0: Okay. My prediction is crowds have largely turned on action. Andretti by revolution.
1: Ooh, bold prediction. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Ooh.
0: Yeah. If, if they haven't like completely hidden him off TV by then.
2: Really? You think it's that bad? I, I didn't I, think I, his. I match... think it's,
0: go- I think it's going to get bad.
2: I didn't think his match on dynamite was
1: bad at all.
0: I, I just have a feeling.
1: I didn't see the Rampage stuff, so I can't speak to that. I
0: just have a feeling.
1: I'm excited to see how it plays out, because I don't know (laughs) that I have any real um, investment either way. But that's a bold prediction, and I'm excited to either see you completely right or crash and burn. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I just think it's going to be an extreme end of, you know, what happens. You know, I like to watch train wrecks on,
2: like, reality TVs, (laughs) but... Wrestling never does them in a fun way. It's always just kind of cringy and like a little boring to see a train wreck on wrestling.
1: I think that's because they try to plan them. I mean, yeah. a genuine ass train wreck.
0: Yeah, could be like good. you're not okay with with wrestling. It's like a live or a live to tape show every week. It's not something that you're like crafting months later in the edit when you have like a full season of
1: okay. I yeah, think that's the difference. You're looking back and you have an arc. Yeah, okay, okay. Like
0: nope, apparently, that's exciting, though. Like, apparently that poor guy on uh, on that show you guys watch, but I'll let you save that for later. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, I can't wait. I know exactly what Jenny's <clears throat> plug of the week is going to be. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I mean, that was... <laughs> uh, that was... It, it feels like an action ready heavy uh, Assessment of that match, but you know, overall it was fine. It was a it was a fun opener, either way. Um, after that, we've got the first segment of the Jay Briscoe tribute, like the the video package part, where it just basically um, shows him being a nice family man with his kids. It like really broke my heart when they showed his little daughter saying like "I love you, Daddy." Or you know, obviously not. Posthumously, but um, it was rough. It was very yeah, yeah, very um. He's he looked like a an amazing dad, honestly. Like he was jumping around doing cheerleading stuff with his girls, and
0: uh, I think that was from like uh, 2020, like full lockdown
1: times. Oh yeah, it it yeah. had that like energy of like we're trapped inside.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's what we're doing. Um, but it's it's cute that he was like so on board, and they just they look like a very like a very happy family, and it just it made me really sad, which I guess was the aim. But um, from there, we had a wrestling match. Um, we have Buddy Matthews up against Darby Allen for that TNT Championship. Um, I, I just I just want to say something. I, oh yeah, go for it.
0: <laughs> it's it's like really been bumming me out over the last week. The more I read about. Uh, the Briscoes as a tag team and just like, and just kind of like thinking and remembering and like, I've gone back and watched a couple of things on YouTube that are up for, up for free. Um of just like, what an incredible tag team they were and how until Jay died, they were almost a tag team that like, it was just like way under talked about and I think it's because they never got that big promotion run, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Seeing the clips of like in this video of the beginning of ring of honor, basically like maybe yeah. remember when we watched season one and it was like, I don't even know that Mark was actually technically legally old enough to wrestle, but he was doing it anyway. <laughs>
0: remember like, it was like when they would run shows in, um that first year when they would run shows in um pennsylvania he couldn't wrestle so yeah. when they ran shows in maryland he could wrestle because because of like the difference in like
1: wait did did you have to be 21 or something
0: no, you had to be 18
1: he was like he 16
0: was, he was 17
1: 17 okay yeah. oh you guys were watching on tv we yeah. were watching the old show Like
2: the 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 2002 year Yeah cause I was like you didn't know Megan Like they're the same age as us So like you didn't know Megan when she was that No no no, 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 That's what I was trying to
1: figure out sorry We went back and watched the season like the first season for fun And just because obviously like a bunch of people Who are in Ring of Honor Season 1 show up elsewhere and are like you know Like a very very young Brian Danielson is there But like I just remember the Briscoe Brothers Showing up and they don't they looked obviously way younger, um, they way
0: skinnier,
1: way skinnier, different, you know, they had a different vibe. I think Mark or Jay had like one of the like standard, like, um, Singlets. Yeah, yeah, he almost looked like a high school wrestler, <laughs> yeah. like it was very it was a very different um, vibe back mm-hmm. then. And I just it was it was kind I of be shocking sh- to see that. <laughs>
0: I don't even think they like teamed up that much that first year. And I think, you know, be- I think they did a lot of singles matches and they wrestled each other a couple times, I think.
1: Huh. Yeah. Because, well, and again, it might have been because in some places they couldn't be a team. Like right. you said, like
0: Mark. Like Mark couldn't be on those shows, yeah.
1: Yeah, he just wasn't there. Uh, and or would he, he just,
0: just be at ringside or whatever?
1: Yeah, I think yeah. playing clothes at ringside, but the it, I don't know. It was just kind of a fun little nostalgic trip. Um,
0: I guess my point is like, we need to get. I don't. We need to like be better about giving people their flowers while they're still here. Like, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Well, you just always assume if you're 38, it's you. Where are you going to go? Know. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> we had to go this week for an adult
1: thing. <laughs> uh oh! Did so you a have lawyer to do, like, wills to...
2: or something? Yep. To set up wills and trust and uh... Whew,
1: a little a- too real for you, Jenny
2: little too real
0: Uh, we did did finally for the first time in our lives have the have the funeral conversation
2: yeah Andy threw me under the bus during the meeting and the lawyer looked at me was like you need to have
1: this conversation oh yeah i mean i i understand your um crisis mode that you go into every time something like that, that comes up but It is a thing. My parents keep telling me that I'm now old enough and have enough assets that I should make a will. And I'm like, whatever, I'm basically 20 and I don't have any money. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I going to leave it to? And they're like, no, seriously, (laughs) you have a house. (laughs) So kudos to you for being adults. I refuse or am too lazy.
0: We learned that something interesting that I didn't know, although now that I think about it, I should have realized from that episode of the Gilmore Girls where... When they go over for Friday night dinner one night, um, Emily gives them a bunch of stickers to place on uh-huh. to place on objects around the house <laughs> oh for what they want. But like, so like, apparently with with like uh, possessions that are like you know portable, basically,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you can just write out in memo form what you want to leave to people, and then update it whenever you want. It doesn't need to be like in the will per se. Yeah.
2: Um, this lawyer so. was acting like we had like jewelry or something to leave to <laughs> yeah. people. And we're like, uh, no, no. Nope.
0: Yeah, mine's gonna be like, "And to my dear friend Megan, I bequeath these binders of Blu-rays." <laughs>
1: Hell yeah, I'm gonna have so many movies. <laughs> Megan, you want our TV? <laughs> I mean, it sounds ghoulish, but sure. <laughs> yeah. No, my grandma, she did. She took care of that for us. She did not give us the option. She took every knickknack on her shelf and put a little sticker with the name of who she determined it should go to oh. on the bottom of it. And so, like, as a kid, I would just, like, pick things up and be like, oh, this one's mine, I guess. Uh, as an adult, I'm like, please don't give me your knickknacks. I don't yeah. need these. Um, but she Wait, was is, is she still ahead alive? of the game. No, no. She she died. Um, so but did you I, get
0: the knickknack that had no, your sticker on it?
1: No. My father oh, <laughs> and his sister, uh, they were like, We're just going to clean this house out. And then his (laughs) sister was like, actually, you're not going to clean this house out. I'm going to put it all in my garage. And so that's our family trauma is I'm pretty sure my entire grandma's house is in my aunt's garage.
3: Oh, man.
1: But that's okay because I didn't want to take any of those things.
3: Okay.
1: I mean, you know, thanks, grandma. I'm looking up like I assume that's where you went. But thanks for thinking of me. I don't want your little glass knickknacks. I don't have room. And I don't want to write somebody else's name on them in (laughs) anticipation.
0: My grandmother's house uh, is still owned by my father. Uh, He pays to have the yard mode and he pays for electric and water. And I don't know that anyone's been inside that house in the past five years. (laughs) Um, because he because that is our family trauma that he cannot let go of that house.
1: Yes, if we were sponsored, this might be a good time for us to mention something like better help, uh, or yes. like therapy. The generations before us could have benefited.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but hey, you guys have a will now, so that's cool. Well, oh, not, we, will we will in, in three four to, to weeks, four weeks.
0: Yeah. Takes time oh. to like for them to draw that stuff up.
1: Oh. Just one more reason I will put and it Megan, off. And Megan, we did not raising hell in you. Thanks. I appreciate that.
0: Yep. All right. On with it.
1: On with it. Buddy Matthews versus Darby Allen.
0: Oh, see, now this was good.
1: It was good. It's the TNT yeah. Championship match. And consequently, Buddy Matthews is the only remaining member of the House of Black uh, other than Julia Hart. Who Darby has not defeated yet, or at least Wait. faced. He, hasn't
0: he faced Malachi.
1: He did not for the TNT title, or maybe for the TNT title. No, probably not. It was at the last all out. Remember, I think it was when Malachi. Oh, the
0: six man, right?
1: Yeah, it was
0: those two. It was Darby Sting and and Miro.
1: Yeah, and Darby pinned Malachi with The Last Supper. They showed it. So I guess I uh, okay. I don't know if it counts when it's a six-man tag team. No,
0: I think it counts. If he directly pinned him. Right. He was the
1: one who pinned Malachi. And then obviously, you know, when House of Blackbird showed up, Brody King and Darby had their whole thing. So Buddy Matthews is the only one left. And happily for Darby, he gets the win. He gets to keep his TNT championship. He, he does a coffin drop on Buddy where... Like Buddy was like, kind of hanging half in half out on the second rope, and Darby Coffin dropped his upper half. It was, it was a bit awkward, but they rolled with it. <laughs> that then he got the pin after that. But yeah, I thought this was a really good match because they're both really talented, and uh, you know, Buddy's a good base for Darby's light little body that gets thrown around. Um, you know. I saw.
0: Um, I watched uh, the Great Muda final bye bye show uh, that Pro Wrestling Noah put on at Budokan Hall um, over the weekend, where the old Darbster and Sting teamed up with the Great Muda to wrestle uh, Hakushi, Naomichi Marufuji, and Akira, and uh, it was <laughs> it was a match that was all about the entrances. Um, a lot of these men are very old and cannot do much Darby and Marafuji had good chemistry But uh, it was really all about the interests And they played this like really good, extensive highlight package of Darby earlier in the show
2: mm-hmm. And uh,
0: the crowd the crowd seemed to be aware of him and were, like who he was
2: Oh, that's good
0: Yeah, they that... were super into Sting, though
2: It was smart to
1: play a package for Darby Because
0: yeah. Darby is very, like, when you see highlights of Darby, you're like, whoa like,
1: yeah like even if you don't know who this kid is he does
2: some shit yeah I still remember that like duct tape behind the
1: hands
0: from like the third episode of Dynamite yes yeah.
1: loved that yeah it was so dangerous but very cool mm-hmm. um, yeah they they also showed not as many highlights I guess on Dynamite of Darby and Sting going to Yokohama and, and working with the Great Muta um but because of that, also, I think the the framing for this match was Darby, you know, he might be tired because he he just did that recently this weekend, this past weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, because like last Wednesday, he wrestled. Who did he wrestle last Wednesday? Was that that wasn't the Kashida? Was that the Kushida match? Yes. OK, so Wednesday he wrestled Kushida over the weekend. He, he flew to Japan and did that, flew back and then. And then wrestled uh, Buddy. That's, that was a very busy week for, for Darby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But he did he did good and he did not hold back. He, you know, did all his typical Darby things where he does tope suicidas and um coffin drops and Buddy Matthews throws him around a, a lot. So he seemed fine. And uh Sting was with him, and Julia Hart was with Buddy Matthews, and then about halfway through the match, the lights went out, and when they came back on, obviously we've got Malachi and we've got Brody standing there. And at this point, Ortiz runs out and just slams Brody in the back with a kendo stick, and so uh, they brawl a little. Ortiz fights Malachi back through the tunnel. Sting takes care of Brody, and then the rest of the match was like pretty pretty standard. There was no interference, um, but that just pushed forward the whole. Malachi, uh, Ortiz, Eddie Angle, even though Eddie was not there. No. No. So Darby wins and after the match Tony Schiavone walked out to congratulate him because he's had, at this point, four consecutive title defenses and also the recent team up with the Great Muda. So he's making moves. He's doing lots of things. And Samoa Joe interrupts via the big screen. He says he's coming to take back the gold that uh, quote the little dead boy stole from him <laughs> and uh, he says some other things related to being a king and he ends the promo with the king has spoken and can I just say I love King Samojo. I think he's so funny <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love little dead boy I think that's great
1: Yep, <laughs> I like that one makes me laugh it's so dismissive and also so just like comically like the assessment of Darby I, I don't know it's great I love it yeah so Joe has not forgotten, and presumably he will be challenging for the TNT title. I think they announced it.
0: Yes. Yeah, next week... Uh, yeah, it's like... If I remember right, I, I forget all the matches, but it seems like they're... It's like a fairly loaded show.
1: Is there... A, is next week a theme show, or are they just going for them ratings? I
0: just, I, I think they're just going for them ratings. I. Uh, mm. It's... Um, well, maybe that's the only a big match. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more when we, as we go along.
1: Okay. Well, that's coming up next week. So look forward to it. Uh, after that match, we get a quick video package uh, of Adam Cole. He, once again. Oh, did you have a realization?
0: Mox Hangman 3.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll get to Mox. that.
0: Megan, Megan. Dayton.
1: I know. It's like right there. I know. It's like right there.
0: I had I had the ch- I I should have I almost. I, Andrew said something a few weeks ago, and I just kind of like dismissed it. And I I think I shouldn't have because it seems like this is gonna be a good show, and like Dayton's pretty close.
1: Yeah, but in your defense, you didn't know the lineup at the time, and big crowds no. are still gross.
0: Yeah, but, like, this isn't selling well, so maybe oh. it would be too bad.
1: <laughs> You'd still be stacked in there, right, by people. I
0: guess so, yeah.
1: Well, or you could get the cheap seats and just kind of treat yeah. them as fluidly as other people do, be honest. Yeah, okay, so Adam Cole, he's back. You know that. We saw him. He says he's missed being in the ring in front of fans, but he is not totally... Where he'd like to be at this point. He's working on getting back to his best. And with that being said. He kind of leaves it. uh, The messaging around his return. As like I don't know. When I'm actually going to be. In the ring. But hopefully soon. Which makes me worry that he's not. Medically ready.
0: Sounds like you Megan. Were busy taking notes. Instead of looking at the screen.
1: I was. Uh oh. What did I miss? Well, the final shot of
0: the promo was like, it kind of like.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It was a WWE WrestleMania moment where like it panned back and there was like a sign for um, revolution Uh on the, you know, one of those banner signs up on
1: the wall. He didn't point at it, but like his eyes did. Oh, if he didn't point at it, then how are we supposed to how interpret that? <laughs> okay, so, all right, so he's going to figure out somebody to fight at Revolution. We're still not really sure who that might be.
0: Yep. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's like a decent, like, little extra thing for Dynamite or for Revolution, the return of Adam Cole.
1: Yeah, and without any real build as far as, like, an opponent. It's not like it has to be a, like an epic, really long match. He could have like a decent, shorter match, mm-hmm. and hopefully still be healthy. I worry for his health, but I hope it's all good.
3: Sure. Yeah.
2: <sighs> can wrestlers wear helmets when they wrestle?
1: I think amateur I mean, wrestlers I can.
0: I don't see why they couldn't, but they look silly.
1: But to keep him safe <laughs> It's hard to It's not really a character Unless you're like An extreme moto sport, sport guy Or like a skateboarder Well I mean He did
2: do that pretty big promo About the concussion stuff Could be part of his character Of like yeah now I've gotta wear this In order to do what I love
0: It would hide his beautiful hair
2: His hair is falling out <laughs> It would not Jenny. be
1: beautiful you know, eyes. <laughs> Nick
0: Jackson might want to look into it.
1: Why? What happened to Nick? His hair. His hairline, is receding. Hair, oh. it, it's running away from his nose.
0: <laughs> it sure is.
1: Which is fine. We all get older, but... I think Adam Cole's hair is... hanging in more than Nick Jackson's hair. Well, no, it definitely is. But I'm just saying, like...
2: Maybe... Like... I understand that when you you know like they wear knee pads and stuff like I'm sure the first few people that wore knee pads people were like mmm, mm, why do you need to wear knee knee pads the British
1: wrestlers <laughs> were like idiots
2: yeah but like if you got enough people like Brian Danielson got out there with one on too. like you know the people that have head injuries would be okay
1: your visibility and mobility would go way down I don't, I don't know that it's going to so. catch like, on you
2: wouldn't I'm not talking, like, a football helmet. I'm talking about some sort of, like, more streamlined helmet. Like a
1: yarmulke-level helmet? Is that just a the what? top? The yarmulke-level no. Just the top of the head? No,
2: but, like, you know, like a, a less extreme
1: than a football, but, like, maybe more than, like, a, I don't know. They have to do, like, Brett from Flight of the Concords and they have to get a helmet that has hair on it so that it looks <laughs> like their hair. And then they can wear the helmet, but it looks like hair. That's right. That's the solution.
2: That is the solution. I'm just throwing it out there, Adam. We yes, would Adam. support you if you wore a helmet.
1: And for any of the long-haired wrestlers that are concerned that they look like they're balding, just cut your hair. The short hair hides it. Just cut your hair. That's, that's my advice. Or just live your life, because... Uh, you do you. But speaking of great hair. The next match. Has a whole team. Full of amazing hair. Um, but they come out second. So Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. are going up against Hook and Jungle Boy. And Ethan Page. And Matt Hardy come out. Matt Hardy's music hits. And the crowd is very into it. But Ethan Page is like. No. I am the star. Matt Hardy. Your music should not be playing. So he stops the music. And um, before he makes them play his, Stokely is there. And so is Isaiah Cassidy, I guess, as Matt Hardy's, like, friend. And Stokely's like, Matt Hardy, you suck. Isaiah, please, like, affirm this. And Isaiah's like, hell no. Which I was a little surprised that Isaiah stood up to Stokely. But it didn't matter because Ethan Page demanded his music be played. So he led the way. His music was played in. And that was a that set the tone of the match for Matt Hardy. Um, Stokely
0: demanded that his chain be put on him.
1: Yeah, I guess Isaiah had to take the chain off his neck and put it on Stokely, which is like a real power grab. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, is that just like, you know how people like you know jewelry stores they have like the fake necks that you put Mm -hmm. the? Is that basically what Isaiah Cassidy's role has been reduced to?
1: Yeah, he's like Stokely Hathaway's like uh, chain storage.
0: Yeah, he's like the staging area for Stokely's jewelry.
1: Yeah. That's rough. Oof. That is rough. And then to have to take it off and put it on Stokely. Isaiah has a... His contract is rough at this point. <sighs> Owned by the firm. Um, but that's also like kind of where Matt Hardy is. Uh, so in this match, Ethan Page... Talks real big and then I think the first order of business is Hook and Jungle Boy come out and Hook gets in the ring and Ethan Page is like, oh hell no. So he's he fears Hook, which is a he should. Um but Hook I feel like doesn't Hook's like the one who gets the hot tag, Jungle Boy spends a lot of time in the ring fighting and and getting thrown around. Um I believe Matt Hardy gets Jungle Boy like kind of to a point where he's going to do the twist of fate and then pin him and Ethan Page demands from the side that he be tagged in Correct. and then yes and Matt Hardy's like all right I guess I have to and then Ethan Page is going to do the twist of fate but Jungle Boy reverses it and puts him in the snare trap and taps him out so it's like a whole thing uh there's not harmony on the firm side but I think Hook and Jungle Boy are, Jungle Hook is doing great they would be yeah. a
2: I I love the jungle hook and uh, I'm glad that it's a thing.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen the quarter hours yet. I'm curious if they if they got the if they drew the ladies again.
2: Well, I'm sure they drew the eighteen to
1: forty nine ladies. Yeah. I mean, those boys, that hair, how can you not? Mhm. Uh, hook got a new tattoo. Did you notice it? Yeah, it looked like a little stick man on his yep. stomach slash lower chest, and I just thought. What a beautiful canvas and what what you've done with it. <laughs> yep. I thought it was like
2: a gingerbread man and I was just like, "What are you doing, Huck?" Yeah,
1: Jenny, I don't...
2: it's
0: um it's a uh, like a electrified skeleton? I think is what it's supposed to be.
1: What? <clears throat> yes. Okay. I'm going to go with Jenny though. The position that <laughs> the electrified skeleton is in that is basically like Starfish is very much like gingerbread man <laughs> <laughs> I don't know those abs it's like what you did that to those abs yeah to each their own but interesting Starfish. choice you should take better care
2: of uh, those beautiful abs I, I know you take care of them but like don't
1: Hey, I'm pro-tattoo, and I just, I was like, that's a weird sort of little man living on your abdomen. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, well, the ladies, 18 to 49, they have to show up. That hair is still there. Um, Jungle Boy's hair, beautiful. And Excalibur even said this was supposed to be like a one-night thing where they got together and, you know, it's persisted. So who knows if they'll, they'll actually like sort of, Remain a tag team, or if they're just friends helping each other out. But I love it. I'm pro them. Okay, so after after that match happens, we get a glimpse into a pre-tape segment where the acclaimed and the guns have their family therapy session. Um, which is quite interesting. Billy Gunn is like, "Hey boys," you know, to his blood sons, actually, like Colton and Austin he's he's just like when did you become so entitled it's it's horrible
0: the the weirdest part of this is the way it began though with the psychiatrist acting as like an interviewer uh introducing a segment
1: yes and then basically saying nothing else the entire yeah. time
0: she took lots of notes though
1: it was yeah she was awful like that was like some like
2: just started acting class at like a I don't know, not an actual school type level (laughs) of acting.
1: Jenny, she took lots of notes. She's just one of those people who has to kind of absorb what happened and then evaluate the notes and come back later with her thoughts because she didn't say a word after her intro. But yeah, uh, Billy Gunn is like on his boys' ass. Boys' asses? I don't know he's on them about why they're so entitled and they basically flip it onto him and say, we're really mad because you were always on the road when we were kids. And now that you've got time to spend with people, you've chosen the acclaimed over us and we're the ones who are supposed to, you're supposed to support and, and push. And when are you going to pay attention to us? Uh, And then Anthony Bowen's, has the best line and the best delivery I think of the whole segment where he just looks at them and he looks so bored and he just goes I think you two are the biggest pieces of shit I've ever met in my (laughs) entire life. And I mean that. (laughs) And I was just like fuck Bowens you're so good at this. But he basically is like you got jealous the second that your dad showed any attention to us and that's why he dropped your asses. Um, And I, I guess that's fair. Uh but Colton he he hits back with a he says, Our faults as sons are your failures as a father. And the whole audience went, Whoa, like you could hear them. It was yeah. wild. I thought that was a really good line. I actually think Colton Gunn did amazing in this segment. Like he actually came across as someone I would take seriously, which has never before happened in his entire time on AEW. Um but Billy's like, okay, fine. What do you guys want? What's going to make you happy? And they say, of course, we want the AEW World Tag Team Championship belts. Like, that's what is going to make us happy. And then they get up and leave. This sucked. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why it had to be therapy. It just seems like you could have written promos for this.
0: The uh, the identity of the therapist... Uh... It's a, a Ohio Valley Wrestling regular, Tiffany Nieves. So,
1: would we know her from anything?
0: Do you watch Ohio Valley Wrestling regularly?
1: <laughs> no. Oh,
0: no, yeah, then I don't think so. Okay. Um, the uh, Austin Gunn was another highlight of the Jay Briscoe special. Uh, oh, really? Was, oh, yeah. He, uh, I don't know, like his. I think his testimonial is work going out of your way to. To find. It was really lovely.
1: I I guess he's another one that I wouldn't have
0: So he was training at Ohio Valley Wrestling um, a few years back. At a time when, I guess, Ring of Honor was also taping some shows at the arena that OVW uses. And that's where he first met the Briscoes.
1: Okay. Okay. Definitely not someone I would have... Thought had any crossover,
0: right? I, I was surprised too. Yeah,
1: wow, okay, Aww. so he's like a real person, <laughs> like mm-hmm. outside of his Austin Gunn persona,
0: a real person who uh butterfly stitched uh, a oh, gaping no. wound on Jay's back one time.
1: Oh <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> ew, do they not have medical staff at uh, we...
0: the medical staff who are at the show? according to austin basically said we're off the clock we gotta get going
2: what the fuck it was
0: like after it was like when the show was over and so austin was like um can i have like some gauze and some you know and so so they gave him like a kit and then he just did it himself
1: oh my god hey that's like literally your job
0: yeah i
2: know (laughs) what do no harm right like (laughs) that's like the
1: the Hippocratic Oath, like, as a medical oh professional, God. that you are supposed to help others. Yeah. But nice of Austin to, I guess, uh, figure it out? Ugh. Horrifying. Okay, so you guys were not a fan of this segment, but, uh, you know, the outcome is basically, like, I think that they're all just going to keep fighting, right? I, I don't know that anything's changed from where it was before. Yeah. No, this therapist didn't do anything.
0: No, I imagine they're just going to This doesn't feel like it should be the Revolution Tag Team Title match. The guns don't still don't feel big enough for that. So, I don't know.
1: I I guess I just expected something bigger to happen as far as like the Billy Gunn relationship to one of like like either he would very clearly choose the acclaimed or his own sons, but it kind of just seems like he was like, what's everybody doing? Why are we doing this? And then that answer right. never came. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like you didn't need the segment. I did need to hear Anthony Bowen say that one line. It was great. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. Oh, well, after that, we did have like a more <laughs> relevant segment. We had uh Rode, talking to Adam again and she's following up with him because last week she asked him what he wanted to accomplish as far as like what's after Moxley and he kind of blew off the question so she's like can I just get some clarity around that and Adam says all right well short-term goals are let's bring it full circle next week we're in Ohio again and I would like to knock out John Moxley um you know, in parentheses, your husband <laughs> in Ohio <laughs> and uh, in Dayton is where they will be. So that's his short term goal. Um, Renee doesn't really get a chance to respond to that, although I, she doesn't look super happy about it. But she doesn't get to say anything because Wheeler Yuta pops in and he's like, look, I know that John Moxley is not cleared to fight you tonight, but he will be ready for you next week on Dynamite in Dayton, Ohio. How about in the meantime, this Friday on Rampage, you and I fight. And Adam's like, sure, whatever. So he and Wheeler to you know, have a match on Rampage, which Adam Adam's a big get for Rampage. Maybe, maybe we're kind of going back on an upturn for Rampage.
0: It's definitely, yeah. I mean, no, it's, I feel like you know it was the Mox show for a while there until Mox had to be kind of written out of storylines for a few weeks. So. Need, yeah.
1: They need. something. Yeah, it seemed like Mox was enough to get the ratings up more. So maybe Adam can do that as well. But I think he and do will have a good match. I mean, is Adam that big of a star now? I don't
0: know.
2: Like, I feel like he's really lost a lot of
1: his stardom. I thought he became like a like a hero esque sort of figure by knocking out Moxley and Moxley's high profile and they had a feud. You just
0: mean like like from his title run? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like he's kind of
2: fallen off a cliff from a popularity perspective.
0: Um I don't know. Like what did he do in that post losing to punk period? I can't honestly I can't even remember.
1: I I know. I can't remember but also I wonder if Legally, it'd be hard to have him say or do anything because of all the stuff that happened immediately after.
0: Well, no, no, no. The when he lost, he lost to Punk at Double or Nothing. So that was May. The the big the big thing wasn't until September. Oh, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to remember like what the hell he did with his summer.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I actually, yeah, I don't remember. I don't either. It's
0: probably something really obvious. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up now. You go ahead, Megan.
1: Okay. Well, um, I mean, while you're looking into that, after that little interview, we got our next match of the night. And it is Brian Danielson continuing on his uh, epic role towards MJF. He's taking on Brian Cage this week. And if you remember from last week, MJF paid Brian Cage and said, basically, I don't care if you win or lose, but do break his arm. And (laughs) and Brian Cage was like, yeah, cool, I can do that. Um, So Brian Cage does, in fact, lose. But he also really works over Brian Danielson's left arm and shoulder. I don't think he was very specific in his targeting. He just tried to ruin all of it. Um, So Danielson was pretty hobbled in that sense. But he... Couldn't use his arm, so he he turned towards his kicks, which are also very devastating. So I th- I like that angle, but I think Brian Cage dominated most of this match before getting the loss. Um, yeah, and then
2: MJF was like, you didn't hurt his arm enough. I'm going to really try and like break it.
1: <laughs> yes, after the match, MJF was like, uh, let's really take this up to <laughs> um, 11. He, he came out. but well, Brian Cage kept trying to After the loss, Brian Cage was like, that's fine. I'm still going to break Danielson's arm. And the timekeeper was hitting the bell repeatedly as if that was going to stop him, which is silly because, like, he's not paying attention. But either way, MJF walks out and he throws the bell on the ground so that they have to stop with that ruckus. Good for him. I didn't want to hear it. Uh, and then he grabs one of the chairs from behind the table and he gives it to Cage so that he can use it on Danielson's arm. On the outside, he, like, puts his... He, he, like, does some weird move where he, like, uses the chair and then he slams Danielson up against the ring post. But it it's not just, like, a clean, like, arm shot. He just ends up, like, pushing him. I don't, it was very contrived for what it was. But then MJF was like, "Get him in the ring," and so Cage sets him up in that position where he puts the chair on his wrist, and then he held Danielson's feet down so MJF could presumably get up to go jump on the chair. And at that point, Takeshita shows up. He saves the day. He runs out. He he chases those baddies away. Um, but like, also at this point, Brian Danielson's arm has been pretty destroyed, and the doc. Doc Sampson and the the rest of the team come out to, like, kind of evaluate him.
0: I was surprised uh, we didn't get the uh, Danielson or the, uh, sorry, the um, the Cage versus Takeshita, like, match announcement for next week by the end of the show. Seemed yeah. like that, that'd be pretty obvious because then you you could finally have Takeshita win, like, a match on TV.
1: Like, oh in his God. first
0: big televised win.
1: Please give that boy a win.
0: Yeah, and that's like a real opponent, you know.
1: Yeah, technically speaking.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. I was I was kind of surprised with that. Maybe that'll be a like a like one of those like Tuesday announcements or something. But uh, seems like pretty obvious. It's like you, it's not like you have to protect Brian Cage, um, uh, you know. And is certainly not going to be beating MJF right now. So give him give him somebody he can actually get a win over.
1: Yeah. Plus like man, I think that would be an interesting match because Cage is huge, but like Takeshta is is huge and also very high flyery. hmm mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting.
0: Yeah. Good match with Brian and Cage though.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they they complemented each other well. And like weirdly enough, I do believe that the smaller Brian Danielson could do some damage to the larger Brian Cage.
0: It's because he's, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's the most convincing wrestler in the world.
1: (laughs) He kicks really hard. Yeah. He hits really hard, too.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah. So after that match is over, Renee, being the zealous reporter she is, goes and finds Brian in the medical area. And Doc Sampson is there, like, kind of messing with his arm. Um, and she's like, hey, what's what's the deal with this? Uh, Doc Sampson says some medical terms that I don't – he, like, evaluates him. And I couldn't write him down because I didn't know what they were. But it, it sounded very fancy. Uh, ultimately, though, Brian's like, so can I wrestle? And he's like, no, you shouldn't. You should not wrestle. <laughs> and Brian's like – well, that's too bad because I'm going to wrestle. <laughs> so, um,
0: I mean, Doc was like, um, no, Brian, you like seriously hurt your arm. It's not like you just like fell backwards off of a stage and like cracked your head on the concrete. Okay. <laughs> like,
2: yeah,
1: then yeah. it'd be fine to continue to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Brian's like, uh, I've wrestled an hour-long match with a separated shoulder before, so don't worry. I've got this covered. And he basically, like, cuts a promo on MJF that's like, you can't get away from me. I'm coming for you. I'm going to do this, and I will be wrestling. Uh, So good for him, but also, you know, he's clutching that arm. And we find out who he will face next week, later. But he's not even too mjf yet
0: no he has to win he has to win next week and he has to win the week after
1: oh lord
0: i was i was excited well no you'll talk about it so yeah because
1: i i
2: have questions
1: i have questions
2: can i ask you a question
1: sorry well taylor swift there i thought you had a legit question okay <sighs> okay, so after that, we've got the ladies' match of the night. We got Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho, which was supposed to be with Britt Baker in there, um, but she's hurt, so just the two of them. And Ruby Soho gets the win with the destination unknown because Britt Baker shows up right near the end, and she doesn't like run in or anything. She's wearing street clothes, but she, her appearance distracts Tony Storm enough that Ruby can get the win. I hated this finish. The distraction. Yeah. What was the point? Like
0: it was a WWE finish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know what they had planned for if all three of them were actually able to wrestle, but it does seem sort of like a kind of throwaway ending.
2: Yeah. Like, what's what's even the point of the match when you end it like that? I liked the. Ma- I mean, up until that point, I was enjoying the match. I. I like Tony's uh new
1: heel look. I like her braid in her hair. She's so mean, like she's just yeah. openly antagonistic to the crowd, which is such a a switch to flip, but i she's good at it. It's funny, um but yeah, yeah, I like the match, but I agree it's kind of cheap to have Britt come out and then and then do that. Oh, well, that's how it ended. <laughs> Uh, so we uh we are close to the main event we've got a couple little segments before then first of all we've got MJF who has locked himself in a room backstage somewhere um, he says he's not the first Jew hiding from a man with blue eyes which I thought was wild <laughs> like <laughs> good for him Um, he says he thinks Takesh does really talented at the ring but it was incredibly stupid for him to meddle in MJF's business so you know He's pissed about that. Um, and then he cuts a promo on Brian and basically, like, tries to break him down and says, like, I know why you're so obsessed with this belt that I, I have here. It's because you've got a hole in your soul, just like me. And if you keep trying to take this away from me, I'm going to hurt you both mentally and physically. And uh, I guess as part of that, he's arranged for Brian's next opponent next week, Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Andy... Please tell us who Timothy Thatcher is because I have no idea who this man like what he does what his history is. He looks really tall. That's all I can contribute from what I saw. I don't know if
0: he's that tall but um, (laughs) okay so he he is a 39 year old gentleman um Mm -hmm. who will be will turn 40 on uh March seventeenth. So he's a, he's actually born the exact same day as your brother, Jenny. Oh, um, or no, March sixteenth, is your brother's birthday. Yeah. Well, shit. Never mind. Uh, he's one day younger than your brother, Jenny. Close um, enough. Same birthday as our friend Dave, though. Mm. Um, is Lucas also March sixteenth? Lucas might be March sixteenth too. Oh, he'll 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 let me know. Um, he is probably best known from. Uh, NXT. Timothy. Uh, he was one of those. He was one of those evolved guys who, when Gabe Sapolsky got hired by WWE, like he was able to kind of like, you know, come on what, in, guys. <laughs> like,
1: the what, back was, doors he called, open. was he called Timothy Thatcher in NXT?
0: Yes, but here's here's the thing, Megan. Okay. He debuted in NXT on, or sorry, he signed his developmental deal on February second, two thousand twenty. And did not debut until April 15th. And you would have stopped watching, like, second week of March 2020?
1: Yep, Yep, I was out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so you missed the Thatcher era. Okay. But um, they feuded with, like, Undisputed Era and uh, things like that. But anyway, um, he's, like, a very technical, grapply kind of fellow.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't know He never really blew me away But He's having a match with Brand Nelson, So he'll have a good match
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's fair
0: I thought That We were gearing up For Zack Sabre Jr. Ooh Do you or
1: think we that's not. like Do you think that's a possibility though?
0: I mean, at some point I mean, I don't like the last one has to be like a pretty cool one, right?
1: You'd think.
0: Yeah. Oh. So we got we got one more after Thatcher. So I'm being open minded about Thatcher. I think it'll be good, but I, I want I want somebody big for February eighth.
1: I think this is a good precedent for the possibility of like a, a Zack Saber Jr. because MJF is reaching by pulling in outsiders. Yeah. So that feels like it opens the forbidden door a little bit. Dare I say, Tony? Ugh, <laughs> uh, that would be so good. Oh, now you got me. Now you got me like wanting that to happen, and I hope I'm not sad.
0: It's going to be in El Paso, Texas. Mm.
1: Uh, Zack Sabre Junior is not. He's he's not a Texan. <laughs> but does that matter
0: you can antagonize all the all the republicans in the crowd though oh
1: it would because be great
0: republicans are like the tories of america right
1: yeah and he just he could just adjust a little for you know the small oh. differences uh all right i'm keeping my fingers crossed because that sounds amazing um but after that, after we learn of of that happening, we get a quick promo from Jamie Hader because she will be facing Emmy Sakura in an Eliminator match on Rampage on Friday.
0: How about that? How about Emmy Sakura getting on television?
1: Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. And I I even love that Jamie was like,
2: totally Emmy Sakura's.
1: Yeah, she's like she's awesome. I love her, and that's why I need to beat her is because she's so good. So, I'm. I'm pro this match Very, very excited
0: I remember the last time Emmy was, like, in a televised match Because she's on on Dark and Elevation all the time
1: Is she over So she's over here, then, in America Yeah, she moved here, like, a year and a half ago Oh, I didn't realize she moved here. I thought she was going back and forth from Japan, and that's why we hadn't necessarily seen her a lot.
0: I mean, she still does go back to Japan fairly frequently because she has her promotion in Japan. But like, she's mm. she's like she's here most of the time, and like also like working some indies in America, which is wild. Um, uh, our, our old our old buddy uh like uh, our old buddy Paul uh who uh is the booker for Wrestling Open, and uh, they're in Massachusetts. Uh. I think she was at. She she he was like booking one of her guys basically, a oh few weeks ago. Gosh. So she was like at the show.
1: And okay.
0: I said I said like please say hi to Emi Sakura for me. And then after it was like it was then after the show he was like I'm sorry I don't know who that is. <laughs>
3: what? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, he doesn't watch AEW, so. Uh, anyway, but yeah, but she's but she's she gets her. She's you know she's making around the rounds in the Indies.
1: I'm glad. I I do just wish though that they would use her more on television, even if it was just rampage. Yeah. But I hope maybe this will maybe this will prompt them. I don't know.
0: Probably I, not. It's probably just like she'll be on this show, she'll lose, and then, you know, she'll never she'll be on T V in like another year.
1: Ugh, don't say that. She's great. I miss her. I really like that she was part of that um the Japanese half of the tournament. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way back. When okay, well that's a rampage match that I'm looking forward to. Um and with that we get to the main event, which uh it's Jay Lethal against Mark Briscoe. Um it's both great and a little rough because Jay Lethal comes out first and he is just openly like crying uh yeah and I know that when they only do like one person in a tag team they say like one half of whatever but it kind of got me when they said like one half of the Briscoes because I was like oh no like like yeah. it was it hit different and I was um I cried a little during this match <laughs> even though it was like a oh. really good match but like it made me really sad because I think Jay lethal was breaking down in a way that Mark Briscoe was not and I was almost like buddy you gotta be strong because I think Mark Briscoe needs this uh, like to I think this is like he just needs to do something Um, but I don't know maybe I'm like projecting but Mark Briscoe showed up and was like not crying he was very businessy like this is what we're doing and I almost was like oh god is this you coping because that's rough too (laughs) I don't know. I was projecting a lot in this match. <laughs> but it was really good.
0: It was really good. It was really nice. It was... I mean... what? And, like, the, you know, they brought out... They brought out uh, Ian Rickabani and uh, Caprice Coleman mm-hmm. to call the match with Excalibur to give it that kind of, like, Ring of Honor feel. Yeah. And uh, and these two... Uh, they You know, they tore it down. And, you know, like, Mark could have done practically nothing and this would have gotten over... But he he like went out there and like he just put it all out there. He, they did crazy stuff. They did he did a frog splash elbow through a, t- a table on the floor. You know, like they, they they really they they pulled out all the stops.
1: Yeah, there was a moment early on when they were just like doing the chops, and Mark yelled at Jay like, "Come on, let like bring it on. Let's do this." And I almost felt like that was him being like, "You gotta like." you gotta come here with me you gotta meet me here but like, you gotta stop crying we gotta fight um, Yeah. I don't know people grieve different ways but I do I did appreciate it at the end of the match uh, Mark was just like this is for you Jay like love you brother and and that's when he got a little emotional but um, yeah the crowd was basically just like yay Mark and they didn't even <laughs> they didn't even boo Jay necessarily they were like or yeah lethal They they just were like we we just really want Mark to win. <laughs> like yeah, like we like you both, but we just really want Mark to win. So, wow. it was it was very sweet and emotional and uh I hope Mark's going to be okay. He seems like he's going to be fine, but you know, you never know cuz he he's a a big manly man and I don't think he <laughs> necessarily nice. going to break down on television.
0: And now presumably he has Twice as much work to do on the farm.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the chicken farm. Yeah.
0: So. But, yeah. It was it was, you know, it was it was very nice. It was a great, you know, like you said everybody, everybody came out on the ramp afterwards and and uh, you know, they had the big image of Jay up on the big screen. Yeah. It still feels, very. it feels like not real to me still.
1: Yeah, it's like, weird. Like, how could this be? Because he's, Jenny, they put up his birth year, and it is one year before us. I and I was like, how can this be? <laughs> it's not right. That's just not right. I mean, it was a tragic accident. I, I almost feel like it would have been worse if he had, like... I don't know. The the saddest like thing is when the wrestlers have like drug addictions because they're in pain. It's like this was this was out of nowhere. Senseless. I don't know. It's harder to process. Just like Brody Lee was it was out of nowhere. I mean, I didn't think he was old either and what happened to him was so random. Those yeah, he was hard- like
0: what, like he was like 40 maybe.
1: Yeah, and just like the yeah. lung problems that he suffered, was you know,
0: yeah,
1: it freaks me out when you you can't, you don't have like a good explanation.
0: I have an answer to the last time uh, Emmy Sakura was on television. Oh gosh, uh, so so she was in a casino battle royale at All Out twenty twenty one. Um. <sighs> But that's pay-per-view. So, if you want to talk about television, the last televised match of Sakura on, you know, TNT or TBS was the 11th episode of Dynamite.
2: Oh, my God.
0: December 11th, 2019, Big Swole.
2: Oh, my God. Emisakura. So, over
1: three years ago. Pre-COVID. For- oh, my God.
2: shit.
0: They were using her fairly often, like in that first few months. Like she was on Dynamite two, Dynamite six, Dynamite nine, and Dynamite eleven, and then she left. Well, I imagine like COVID happened, and then, and then she didn't do anything again until that that tournament. The the, where they did half of it in Japan, like you were talking about earlier, which wasn't until February of twenty one. So. Man. I wonder if they had like bigger plans for her, if if like, you know.
1: Well, it seems like they kind of they kind of gave up on like Riho and Yuka Sakazaki and Emmy, Sec- like all the Japanese ladies. It was almost like they just they just like let let them go. Um,
0: Yuka Sakazaki was on the uh, Jay Briscoe special I watched today. What? Yeah, she wrestled. Uh, someone named Sandra Moore Or Sandra Moon Apparently, it, it, like from commentary It seems like they're building up to a um Yuka Sakazaki-Athena uh, Women's title match
1: <laughs> What? Okay <laughs>
0: I know, I know
1: I want to watch this Why won't you put it on the television?
0: Uh, very strange I mean, it is You know there is a little bit of, like, maybe we should try to meet AEW where where they are a little bit more. Because they have started doing more storylines and angles on the Dark and Dark Elevation shows.
1: How long are the shows, though? Uh,
0: I can, I, I can let me look at my, open up my YouTube app and just see what the run times the last couple episodes were. How about that?
1: Okay, because I was immediately turned off when we started doing two to three hour shows. Yep.
0: I think we're out of that era. Um, yeah, the most recent episode of Dark uh, is 58 minutes.
1: Okay. Okay, I could handle that.
0: And the most recent episode of Elevation was 35 minutes. Even better. Yeah.
1: And they're so. on YouTube, so there's no commercials, right? I mean, depending if you, on what you...
0: If you have the premium, yeah. 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 Did you keep the premium?
1: I did not, but if I'm watching stuff on YouTube fairly regularly, maybe I will. I just don't want to
2: take away money from Stephanie Jarvis by watching other things on YouTube. That's not how it works. (laughs) Well, she doesn't get my ad revenue, so doesn't she only get, like, a percentage of our monthly thing? And wouldn't that go based off of, like, how much I'm watching
1: her videos? I would assume it's, like, a flat rate. I think you're okay. I think you can distribute your watching power. I don't know. I know you don't trust it, but I think you can. I I enjoyed YouTube without ads, but I don't watch enough to justify it. But maybe if I started watching these weekly shows, I would.
0: Get that YouTube music for free, too. That's true. It's a good app. Um this is what YouTube says uh, to make sure creators are compensated for their work, we share ad revenue with them when you watch ads on YouTube. If you're a YouTube premium member, you won't see ads, so we share your monthly membership fee with creators
2: yeah how so so that's why I want to always just be best of all her.
0: the more videos you watch from your favorite creators, the more money they
2: make from our YouTube premium or just be from the ad revenue both. Okay, so see, I can't, I can't watch anything else on YouTube. I can only watch Stephanie
1: Jarvis. You're okay. not taking away from her by watching other stuff. You're, yeah. she's still getting. But we running. only
2: pay twelve dollars a month. So like, how, <laughs> how?
0: Do you want to call uh, Jeff YouTube and yes. tell him that you want like? You want ten of your twelve dollars to be allocated to Stephanie Jarvis.
2: I would like twelve of my twelve dollars
1: to be allocated. Yeah, I don't to think you Jarvis. get to do that. I think they just take your money and then they sort of do it behind the scenes themselves. So you should just watch what you want to watch. You pay for her Patreon, right? Yes, that money's she's, going directly to both, her. She's
0: both directly and indirectly supporting her financially.
1: Yeah, you don't have to worry. I,
2: I upped my membership from a lady to a Viscountess because she was having
1: heating problems. Yeah, every and time she's got, problems. she's got structural issues, you're over there throwing money at her. Yeah, that Patreon goes directly to her, so you don't have to worry. You can watch your premium YouTube whenever you want.
0: <laughs> I love it because I, I watch a lot of YouTube stuff and and, you know we'll never really get rid of youtube premium because jenny can't stand to watch ads on her <laughs> chateau diary so it's it's great
2: it's like um, it's my it's my
1: show and i don't want to be interrupted with stupid ads yeah. youtube is punishing us plebes by like it's ads every 5 seconds if what if my viewing history is any indicator like
0: I, i've heard that it's just like terrible. it keeps getting worse and worse
1: yeah they're basically like do you want to use youtube you should probably pay for no ads because otherwise you're just getting half ads and
0: half so what if, you're watching. So if, you if you watched an episode of, like, like a 30-minute episode of BTE, how many ad breaks would you probably see?
1: I haven't done that recently, but based on my video game streaming watching, it was literally, like, in a stream that was two hours, every five minutes minimum what? was an ad break.
3: Oh, my God. It was God. so
1: annoying. That's why I did the free trial, because I'm like, I can't watch this damn video. It's so annoying. Oh yeah, my God, they're terrible. They really want your money, so don't worry, Jenny. The money's getting, probably getting distributed because uh, enough people are probably like, "Fuck this experience." I know I was, um, you know, and I'll be lulled into it if there's something I want to watch, but I don't watch regularly enough to justify it. But I don't. Free YouTube is garbage at this point. <laughs> I can't.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. That
0: it's sounds horrible. terrible. Yeah. Well, they got us.
1: Yeah, we're hooked. Yep, it's good. You're you're living in your ivory tower, and I'm down here. Like <laughs> maybe I just won't watch you. Too. About to restart my uh,
2: like rewatching of the Chateau Diaries for the fourth time. Yeah. So can't.
1: They would serve you up ads every five seconds. She would get every. so much money, though, if I, like, would.
0: No, that's the thing. <laughs> she wouldn't.
1: No, I don't think they get that much
2: money from
0: that. I, I bet she gets more from premium subscribers than she does from, like, just straight up ad you revenue. You think so? Like, per per subscriber, I bet.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't, I based on, like, the video game podcast we've listened to and the way they talk about monetizing their videos, it's kind of like. It seems not worth it. It's definitely not their primary source of income. It, it's you're doing your patron. That's probably what she's most counting on.
2: And she's very upfront about like how much she gets off of Patreon and stuff. Cause it's a nonprofit and it all goes to the restoration. So she actually shows like the amount she makes each month on hers. Like most like contributors don't do that. They just show the number of patrons.
0: It's an absurd amount of money.
2: It's like $35,000 a month. But she has a Chateau to run, so it's funny. She does.
0: Well, guys, that is the AEW content for the week, obviously, because we're (laughs) talking about YouTube monetization now. Uh, But let's not...
2: She's up to $36,000. Well,
0: good for her. You really pushed her over the edge there with your extra five bucks. Um, Let us talk about what we've enjoyed uh, in other... Ways this week with the Elite Beat plug of the week. Jenny.
2: I am plugging Love is Blind off of Netflix this week. So Megan and our friend Jay Ray uh, and Emily and I all watched uh, this. It took us three rounds
1: over what? About three months to. Yeah, but that's on us. You know, it it wasn't like an excessive amount of episodes. We just, we find time in chunks. Yeah. It
2: was what about 12 episodes in total,
1: yeah. So we did like three or four uh, of viewing basically, and and a little more, a little less.
2: The third season, so Megan and I had watched it previously, so so Jay Ray, um, but this was the first time we all watched it together, which was really mm-hmm. fun. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Nick Lachey and his wife Vanessa, Mm-hmm. um are the hosts.
1: And uh, so it's nice to see Nick Lachey for a little bit. They're they're pretty standoffish hosts, though. Like, they don't show up very often. I know. They they kind of just let it run. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice if they
2: were in there a little bit more. I feel like they maybe did eight hours of work in total. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Including the reunion. When
1: you reach that level, that's all you have to do. (laughs)
2: Um, But it's just really, it's fun. It's like this experiment of like, all the the people that sign up they're they go into these pods and they like you can't see the other person and so you basically like speed date all of the uh all of the men and the women all speed date and then um they kind of determine like which ones they like and then so they continue to date in these pods where you can't see people um for what like i don't know like
1: 10 days maybe is that if if that, that honestly the timeline we- on this show is bewildering to me it's very fast <laughs> and then like if you decide on the
2: one person you get engaged site and senior to propose in the pod and then if the other person says yes you get to meet them outside of the pod and you know see what they look like and then they go on this like little honeymoon type trip where they go to like a uh, all-inclusive resort for like three days like right afterwards Yes. and um and it's odd because the other couples are there too and they force interact them with the other couples for like parties and stuff. So it's really strange. Um, and then they take them for maybe another two weeks and live in like these hotel apartments, like mm-hmm. for them to kind of get used to the real world, which is
1: totally well, it's, not. The it's real like world. neutral ground for them because they can't live in either one of their existing residences. They they just live in this very Minimal apartment.
2: Yep. And then they all are forced to. uh, Walk down the aisle. And then say I do or I don't. And um, yeah. It's you know. It's one of those types of shows. I I think it's pretty entertaining. There was one. Couple this time that. Oh lord. Was a lot. Like (laughs) so the guy. Was a lot. Came okay. So the guy. In the honeymoon phase, when he met the other girl that he had been, like, dating for a while, he told her that she was more his type than the one
1: that he had picked. These are spoilers for uh, Love is Blind Season 3. But I'm not saying
2: anyone's names or anything.
1: I know, but obviously, the listeners, I'm sure there's a lot of Love is Blind crossover. Just want to put it out there. Season 3 now? Season 3. Okay. And...
2: Which was pretty terrible. And then the, and the girl said, like, oh, you know, you're kind of my type, too. Like, then they were kind of like, oh, yeah, if we were at a bar, like, we would have tried to, like, pick up each other. And so they, like, each went back and told their, like, selected partner what happened here. And which was shitty. And I was upset at on the first viewing. And then, obviously, it was a couple months after, the, you know, to the next viewing. And I didn't fully remember all of this. But... Typically, and I watch a lot of reality TV. Typically, (laughs) when someone does a douchebag move like that, they get a really bad edit. And you see every other moment of when they were like a total asshole. And like, you know, like, oh, that's the bad guy. But in this instance, that was not the case. That was like the one bad thing that this guy did. And then the rest of it was his partner just acting miserable around him and nagging him and like picking on him for every single little thing he did like he made her dinner one night and she got home and she was like there's no seasoning on this chicken like this chicken is why- very white is exactly what she said this is a very white chicken <laughs> and like just like complained about everything like just very like just seemed to be miserable with this guy and like was very verbal about how she didn't like anything about him and then at the wedding she said i don't and then went in this tirade about his abusive treatment of her like his like emotionally abusive treatment of her and about just and 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 meg and jay are just like what is she talking about and we just kept, kept being like what were we not shown like what's going on then at the reunion she accused him of like basically body shaming her and like uh forcing her to like
1: not eat it was a very dark look into like like two sides of a situation where one like everybody came to this show with baggage but like good lord it's a lot of baggage
2: yeah and i just kept being like Editors? Like, where are my Bravo editors? Like, I want to see clips. Where like,
1: are my Bravo editors? Because they, they
2: will receive that shit. Like, if, some, if someone's being like, you did this awful thing to me, they will, like, show th- that you did the awful thing. Or on um, the Potomac editors this year, they will literally show the scene and just have, like, in text, like, Chris not looking at the woman. <laughs> like, still not looking at her. Like, you know, they'll show, like... They'll yeah. show receipts for, like, whether or not the person's, like...
1: I I love the editing teams that are just, like, hold on, let's cut to the exact thing you're talking about, yes. but, like, showing you doing the opposite.
2: Exactly. And I just, I was just, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to get behind this guy because I feel like what she's saying is so terrible that I can't, I can't support a guy who would do this. And and she specifically brought up an incident about...
1: The cuties incident.
2: Cuties. And Which about how he, like, berated her for eating two cuties and, like, body shamed her and everything. And then, finally, after the reunion was over, it cuts to, like, seven minutes of footage of, like, that's supposedly uncut. And it seemed uncut because it was really boring. And <laughs> we like... didn't use this because it's so boring. <laughs> and, like, the lead-up to the whole conversation to, to this, and, like, they're eating, like, fruit out of a bowl. And then... He's like, oh, you're peeling oranges, and then she's like, she like has two, and he's like, oh, are you gonna have two? And she's like, yeah, that's a serving size. And he's like, okay, like, and that was
1: it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's wild. There is some, I read some articles because I was like, am I being a lunatic for <laughs> like interpreting this as a totally innocuous interaction? And as the internet always does, it has really extreme views one way <laughs> or the other about this scene and uh it's it's intense but i i just feel like they were a bad match i think it boils down to they were a bad match yeah. she had a lot of baggage he had a lot of immaturity and and that all just came together in one horrible mixture um but it was wild it was wild the outcome and i think it's really unfair that that one specific guy became the villain of the season because apparently nobody else did anything worse and that was enough to do it um Considering the last couple of seasons. Spoiler alert. The last couple of seasons. At least one guy has been on coke. Um, So that's kind of the. the Measuring stick. We're going up against. um, Which is why this is ludicrous to me. But it's a very. Interesting show. And I am thoroughly. Enraptured by the drama. But also like. High production values of Netflix. And obviously Nick Lachey. Yes. But but
2: what I would say is that get some Bravo editors, Netflix. Like, if you're going to do this. But keep your
1: production values, but get some Bravo
2: editors. Yeah, it's like, I love your 4K. I love all your camera cuts. But, like, let's up it in the post-production editing department for com- comic relief. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: More receipts on screen.
1: Yes. Yeah. Love the receipts. Throw them here.
0: All right, well, it sounds to me like Jenny needs some kind of Love is Blind podcast or outlet <laughs> or something.
1: I'm sorry, that was a long description. We could do
0: we so do, We need to do, like, a reality TV corner with you or something like that. I would love
1: yeah. that.
0: Yeah. That would be so fun. All right, uh, I will do go next. I want to promote the new season of Blank Check that just started this past Sunday. Um... It is called Trains Podcasting. Uh, blank Check presents the films of Danny Boyle. Uh,
2: oh, why is it called Trains Podcasting? Uh,
0: because uh, one of his more famous early films is called Train Spotting, oh. and
1: you should not watch season, it
0: when they do it. No, you should not watch it when they do a season. They have to work the word podcast into the title mm.
1: of it.
0: So, for instance, the Robert Zemeckis season was called Podcast Away.
2: Oh because he did cast.
0: Him. Correct. Um, so I'm very excited about this because there are a lot of Danny Boyle films I've seen, but there are also a lot of Danny Boyle films that I have not seen. So I'll be doing some some rewatches and some uh, first times on this one. So we what got
2: was the first movie for this week?
0: Uh, Shallow Grave, uh, <laughs> one of the biggest uh, independent hits in the history of uh, Great Britain cinema up to that point in time. Starring a very young Ewan McGregor.
1: <gasps> oh, I'll a, watch it. I'll watch of, it.
0: A, kind of a uh, Danny Boyle discovery in some ways, because uh, he also starred in his next film, Train Spotting, and his next film after that, A Life Less Ordinary, which I will be uh, subjecting Jenny and Megan to one of these weekends coming up uh, as whenever I get my next turn in no, the uh, movie. We have
2: to finish Ben Affleck movies. Movie
0: picking rotation. Uh, yeah, but uh, this is more important. <laughs> Because, because the episode is <laughs> uh, coming is up here
2: important. pretty soon. But
0: yeah, but what?
2: But we decided on Ben Affleck month.
0: Well, uh, I got we got to watch a Life Less Ordinary. Affleck, Ben
1: Affleck's somewhere in the in background.
0: It? No, but Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz are.
1: Oh, Ewan McGregor is so cute. Uh,
0: after that, it's the Beach, Leonardo DiCaprio movie that I've never seen.
1: Me neither, but I've wanted to see that. I isn't it like. Is it scary?
0: No, it's not a horror movie. Uh, but I'll tell you what it is his next movie, Twenty Eight Days Later.
1: Oh hell yeah! Uh,
0: then uh, a kind of like a weird like children heist movie called Millions, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, then a movie that you love, Megan, Sunshine.
1: I love Sunshine. Ugh. Uh,
0: a movie that Jenny really vibed with, but uh, maybe she wouldn't nowadays. Uh, called Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, why you why are you giving me a weird look?
2: I'm not giving you a weird look. I'm just looking at you. You're
0: supposed to react when I when I because I called you out specifically and then named the film.
1: Oh, <laughs> Slumdog Million. Yeah. I I'm kind of surprised that's a Danny Boyle joint because it's almost too straightforward for him.
0: Uh, next uh, uh, the the canceled James Franco uh in 127 Hours, which I might skip that one because my understanding is it's like pretty much. Like, I mean, it's just him for most of the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the only character, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, Then Trance, which I'm not, uh, I know it has Rosario Dawson in it, but I don't really know much more about it than that. Uh, Steve Jobs.
1: Mm. Hmm. Fassbender? Yeah. Ugh,
0: beautiful. Yeah, not the weird, like, other Steve Jobs movie starring Ashton Kutcher that came out, like, around the same time.
1: No. Why does it always happen? I don't
0: know. Fossbender
1: is ha- way superior. Great.
0: T2, not Terminator 2 Judgment Day, but T2, the train-spotting sequel, oh. which I don't think anybody really saw or thought much of.
1: I kind of want to see it because I do remember briefly on social media, like, all of that group being like, look, we're older, but we're going to do it. You know, like, I'm yeah. curious.
0: And then finally... Uh, the what if the Beatles never existed? Utter batshit movie. Yesterday.
1: Oh God! <laughs> but didn't you like that one?
0: I, I thought it was okay.
1: Well, like okay. the music in it. Okay.
0: It was. It was fun. It was like I. I never felt a reason to like watch it again. I mean, now I have one, but uh, but yeah, but it was it was fine. Uh, and then on the Patreon, they will be covering uh uh 28 weeks later, just as oh, a companion. But okay. Danny Boyle didn't direct that one. And uh, the 2012 London Opening Ceremony of the Olympics, which he uh, did direct.
1: What? Okay. That's the weirdest thing out of yeah. the whole situation.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm very hyped for this season. I think it's going to oh be a good one. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, Megan. Oh, and that's, um, I'm sorry, that's a blank check with Griffin and David. On, it's a uh, podcast. Fine, yeah, find podcast uh, services everywhere.
1: Um. Okay. Okay. Uh, well I am recommending something that I haven't gotten into yet, but that is on, uh, next kind of on my thing because I need nostalgia. Um, and I just love it. And we were talking about Timothy Olyphant recently and that is the show justified, <laughs> uh, because it's really, really good. And it is also set in Kentucky and there's this weird sort of connection. Um, it sounds bananas because i am not from kentucky nor am i a method but which is like kind of the heavy focus of the first season but i just feel kind of weirdly like they're in my space you know like they're in the kentucky ohio area you know and so uh i kind of find justified to be like this weird comfort show that i go back to it's it's not funny it's more of a drama but i i feel like uh, it's time. It's time. It's like my one year watching. Um, and eventually, Andy, I will text you pictures of Donald Cerrone <laughs> as oh Lord his cameo uh, as a cowboy who fights <laughs> out in like a a field. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's time to do Justified again. Uh, yeah, that that's where I'm at in my in my life now. But it's a really good show, I will say. Like, story-wise, drama-wise, it's great. It's just the fact that it's set in, like, Kentucky, which is close to Ohio, which is where I live. Um, I don't know. I feel like a weird connection.
0: It's a good time to rewatch it with the new one uh, starting up uh, this year.
1: What now? There's an, What?
0: Yeah. Uh, Justified City Primeval, upcoming American Western crime drama television miniseries developed by... Showrunners Dave Andron and Michael Denner, the series continues the story from Justified, taking inspiration from the Elmore Leonard novel City Primeval, High Noon in Detroit. Timothy Oliphant returns to star as Deputy U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens.
1: Oh, my goodness. Supposed
0: to be mid-2023 on FX, and then I guess Hulu the next day.
1: Okay, well, yeah, I'm going to have to get caught up, because Timothy Oliphant. Mm, Love him.
0: Looks like it's going to be an eight-episode miniseries.
1: Okay, I know Elmore Leonard was like a—he wrote some novels, and
0: oh boy, he, did he ever!
1: Yep, um, which I've never read, but I don't know. Like, the show Justified is great. Uh, highly recommended. Um, Walton he, Goggins is also like—I feel like he—he he does an amazing performance throughout the seasons of Justified. He's very good. Um, I think all around there were just like a lot of good actors and actresses, and I don't know. The story's great, so I'm very pro it, and I think it's time for me to do another rewatch, and that is what will happen.
0: You've uh, you've probably seen a few. You may have seen like a couple of Elmore Leonard film adaptations. You didn't even realize were Elmore Leonard film adaptations. So
1: it's very possible because I don't. I don't know what his novels are I just know that he wrote some
0: Like uh uh, Did you ever see Get Shorty?
1: No I was too young for that
0: Uh, Did you ever see Jackie Brown? The Quentin Tarantino film?
1: No but I wanted to because it was like You know Part of his repertoire
0: Now I know you've seen Out of Sight I have Yeah that's an Elmore Leonard novel
1: Okay interesting okay
0: And then Justified is based on his, his, uh, what is his final novel, I believe. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I've seen the first few seasons multiple times.
0: Um, Or maybe it's the other way around. He wrote a short story with the Raylan Givens character, then Justify adapted that, and then he wrote a full novel about the Raylan Givens character. Okay. And that was the last thing he did before he passed.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's very sure. good. Yeah. Very good. Very
0: Everybody tells me that. I've never I've never watched I've never seen a second of it.
1: Ugh, oh, I recommend it. It's so There's
0: too much there's too much to watch, Megan.
1: <laughs> I know, which is why I default to things I've already seen and find comfort in the familiarity of them all.
0: <laughs> what season are you in Fraser, your Fraser Rewatch, your current Fraser Rewatch?
1: Ooh, I wanna say <sighs> He, the episode we just watched was when Julia just went on her tirade and revealed to herself to be a total garbage human. So. Is that the
0: one where she's choking and like uh, Niles and Daphne and Martin? And all everybody sort doctor?
1: of like gives side eyes to each other. And then Frasier's like, you people, you almost let her die. And I was just kind of like, eh. she was, she was kind of being horrible. Yeah. But yes. Yeah.
0: We are, uh, we are late season six. Uh, we just we just had the Dr. Nora episode.
1: Okay, so I have to be fairly far ahead of you.
0: Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think you're in the last season.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. If, Dr. if Nora Roy is around. Yeah, Dr. Nora was a a good episode though too. Like what oh, a, yeah. what a train wreck that was.
0: Yeah. All right. Well. I think we covered it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Love at first sight. Um, Love is Netflix. blind. Love, sorry. Love is blind. Love at first sight is something though, right? Um, yes. Love Concept. is blind. Netflix. Uh, Blank check with different Griffin and David podcasts everywhere. And Justified, which you can watch on Hulu.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Until then. For Megan and Jenny, I'm Andy, and this has been another episode of the Elite Beat. Elite be, Beat.
2: E. Elite Beat.